Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Rad Podcast. I am producer Brandon from the Rob Anybody and Don Show. Uh, it feels good to be back. I just uh, got fresh off of a road trip from Wyoming to pick up my damn vehicle. It's been a month since that thing broke down in Wyoming. Evanston fucking Wyoming. I don't know why anybody would want to go there. There was a time where I was like, oh, this place is nice. This, the people are great. They're taking care of us. But I think I was just grasping for anything to be positive that anybody that like even smiled in my general direction. I was like, oh, you're the best person in the world. Oh, gosh, I love you. Let me mouth kiss you. No, not really. Wouldn't want to mouth kiss anybody from Evanston, Wyoming. Oh, anyways, we uh, got the vehicle back and uh, made the most of the trip. Uh, but I got to tell you, I, I suffered from some serious anxiety over the weekend. And I think it was building up over the last week, uh, due, mainly due to, I guess, the impending trip of going over to Wyoming and taking care of all this uh, car business. Um, but the, the I think the, a lot of the uh, the anxiety that I dealt with, what I wasn't expecting or I wasn't prepared for. And there's various other things going on in my life that I don't really want to dive into right now. But uh, bottom line is, I, I just have never really experienced panic attacks before. And we had uh, our friends, uh, Melissa and Brent from Sac Spirit on the air last week. Thank you very much to them uh, for making the appearance on the show and talking about all the weird things that are going on uh, during these COVID times. And we talked about the full moon last week and how that had some weird effects on people. Um, and I, But I was having some strange sleep phenomenon. And I, and I started to think that, yes, there might be some kind of mumbo and jumbo thing going on in the house, but I honestly think that it was all stemmed from uh, ang- anxiety, nerves, and and I just have never really been equipped to deal with that. So I'm going to address some of the ways that we can curb panic attacks because I feel like this is this could have been useful information for me last week. So maybe talking about it and uh, just kind of normalizing it might help uh, help you out in in some way. And if not, then uh, maybe this episode isn't for you. But uh, back to sex spirit. I wanted to uh, point out that, uh, first of all, I wanted to congratulate Brent and Melissa for becoming homeowners. That is such a great, great news uh, for them. Two of the best, most deserving people to have something positive happen to them this year, especially during uh, the the, the pandemic that we're dealing with. Uh, You know, they they went through all the same processes that it takes to uh, buy a house. But it seems like, you know, from from a uh, spectator's point of view, having known people who have purchased houses before or, or, you know, family or friends, I haven't purchased a house yet. I haven't been so lucky, but time will come probably not in California because it's too fucking expensive and fuck California in some ways. But I've, I've learned a lot about traveling uh, further East where there's a lot of prettier places to live, a lot more affordable places to live. So maybe down the road, uh, you know, once the show is done, which who knows, maybe it not, might not be done. Maybe it'll go another 20 years. I'm rambling at this point. Um, let's get back on track. Congratulations to Melissa and Brent for the uh, being the new homeowners. Can't wait to uh, visit the new home. But uh, yeah, again, two of the most deserving people to have achieved that. Um, and from a spectator's point of view, this is what I was going to say. Seemed like they uh, had a pretty uh, easy street. You know, they had their fair challenges, the bumps in the road, but... Uh, you know, they got the the first house they bid on and they, they were, they basically just walked right in there. It was pretty awesome. So really happy for them. Uh, but we are actually going to be joining up forces with the folks at Sac Spirit and we're going to be going on an investigation, hopefully this weekend. I, I'm really hoping that next week's episode will be a full blown investigation for, um, 
a, a friend of ours, a friend, a family friend. I'm not going to give too many details because th- this is still in the process of, of being worked out. But the, the long and short of it is there's something dark happening at this person's house and it's affecting uh, their lives and it's, it's like tormenting the kids. And uh, from what I've heard, I, I'm not too intimate on the details and I'm unfortunately not going to be able to, to share too much, but um, it's a very active area and we suspect that she is an empath or a sensitive of some kind, but because it seems to have followed her from, from place to place. Really weird instances of things dying in the same area in the road in front of her house, like really coincidental situations that um, should should hopefully get some explanations from uh, uh, Brent and Melissa and everybody else at, at Spirit. So um, I'm really hoping that that's going to come through, but um, I'm not going to overpromise and oversell it. Um, but it's been a long time since we've had uh, Brent and Melissa on for a full-blown investigation, and I'm really excited. It's always a good time. Um, so on that note, I actually have this uh, message from a uh, prodhead named Allison, uh, we've been talking off and on over the last couple of years, and uh, she's had some pretty profound experiences from uh, with Melissa at Sac Spirit. So I, I I told her that I would share this uh, quite a while back, and I never really got to it. And so I apologize for that, Allison. But um, you know, better late than never, right? And and this is a great story, and it still resonates, I think, uh, for and will for so many. Allison says, hey, Brandon, I want to share my experience with Melissa at Sac Spirit. That's what I said. You're going to share it. About a year ago, I get Melissa from Sac Spirit, not in person, but over the phone. She was so warm and sweet, and I felt like I have known her for years, and she was already a part of my circle of friends. She began by reading my aura. While she was reading my aura, she mentioned the color rainbow, and I began crying. I knew exactly what she had picked up, but I continued listening as she went on. She also, she also noticed three loving spirits surrounding me. A woman who passed by picked, uh, passed by something to do with the chest, a man, a very quiet and standing back, not wanting to talk just there. And lastly, a small infant child who, who wasn't meant for this earth. It was so shocking to hear how spot on she was. I began connecting the dots for her. The woman was my biological grandma. She was the only blood family member who wanted me quote unquote, during my adoption process and fought to adopt me herself, but as turned out, uh, but was turned down by the courts and other biological family. She passed 12 years before I found my biological family in 2016, another crazy cool story in and of itself. The man standing in the background, he is my father-in-law and I took care of him during his end of life. He was the absolute best grandpa my kids had known and we were determined to give him the best before he passed. From the apps, uh, from the reading by Melissa, if he's hanging, well, yeah, from the reading by Melissa, if he's hanging around me still, I bet we did make it a good passing for him. And the infant, well, that one hit me hard, so hard, ugly cry, snot and tears combining, and I felt bad. I lost it so bad for Melissa over the phone, listening to me sob. LOL. She was so respectful. That infant is my son, Ziggy. A birthday request you read on the radio at the end of July. He was uh, born in 2013 and very sick. He had a chromosome disorder called trisomy 18 or Edwards syndrome. He, according to all statistics, was not supposed to survive to birth, but he did and lived for 23 hours on life support. When he passed after removing life support, I didn't want to live anymore. I wanted to go with him. 
I lived in that depression for over a year before my rainbow came. Rainbow, what Melissa had seen in my aura, was my reason to push on. It was our healthy baby girl that was born 14 months after Ziggy died. I still hold on to that rainbow mentally uh, mentality when I fall into that deep depression. The push forward, no matter what cause the living children I have still need me. Feelings I pull from the rainbow aura. Of course, the rainbow aura means a lot more to me, but I won't bore you with that. Melissa has also been my mentor as I journey into exploring my empathic gifts as well. During my son's eighth grade trip to D.C. and New York City, I may have been too open during a tour at the 9-11 memorial in New York City. I ultimately had to cleanse it. I connected with Melissa while I was 3,000 miles away and uh, got advice. And she was there for me and can always understand without judgment and always with, this, with respect and love. She's always responding in lightning speed to all my questions and concerns. I can always count on the advice she gives me and hope to thank her in person one day. I'm so thankful that you introduced me to Melissa. She gave me more comfort in what I used to think was, but now I know is true. Thank you so much, Allison, for sharing that story. And when you had originally asked me uh, back at the end of July if the uh, birthday shout-out for um, Ziggy would, would have been appropriate, I, I hands down, of course that would have been totally appropriate. I'm so glad that we were able to read that tribute. It was so touching. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll try to figure out which day that was and maybe post that audio or maybe uh, insert it here. Um, so that you can relive it and, and the rest of the audience can relive it if they missed it. Uh, but th this just speaks volumes to uh, the type of person Melissa is. And I can attest to how kind and, and generous of her time she is. I know that if there's ever any questions that I have, that she's super fast to, to respond. And is usually the case um, when people reach out to them through their website, sacspirit.com. You can connect over to all of their uh, social medias from there as well and uh, get an appointment in with them if you'd like. Uh, I know that they're booked out for quite some time, and, and especially uh, during this pandemic, they're they're limited in, in where they can go and what they can do. Phone uh, phone readings are always a good option, and they have been doing some house calls, and they've left room for emergency cases. Uh, but if you go to sacspirit.com, you can get all their contact information, links over to their uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube. You can see all the videos of their the stuff that they've done in the past Great, great stuff, and really looking forward to work with them. I've been in a ghostly mood. Only I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that things have been so weird lately, and uh, it's been it's been easier to I guess justify that there's some sort of weirdness in the air rather rather than you know the world is ending. So it's it's a little bit more reassuring that uh, there's some sort of higher power at work here, and whatever you believe in, um, it does sense it does feel like there's some sort of craziness going on um so to the, on that note i wanted to bring back up the uh the issue of of anxiety and and when i described this this event that i had last week while i was trying to sleep it almost felt like i was going through some sort of um uh, what is it called sleep paralysis and ultimately it, it wasn't but um i would Feel that way. You just kind of feel like you're stuck in your body and you're awake, but you're trying to move and you can't. And my breathing would get really heavy. And then ultimately I would be shaken awake. And it was like my hands were shaking. My legs, my feet were shaking. My legs were like uh, tensing up, tensing up. And my feet were like going closer down to the ground, almost like uh, 
like, you know, pointing your toes straight down instead of having your their feet normal. I'm doing the hand gestures. Can't you see? It's like this. Um, so with all of that being said, I, you know, looking back over this last weekend with traveling and everything, I, I had these bouts of just shaking and tremors and, and mood swings. And I've never really experienced stuff like this before. And um, there was some some instances over the, the road trip that caused some anxiety and stress and, and would trigger it. And I would just basically just go in and either be in a super bad mood or I would just be quiet. And it wasn't good for anybody. It wasn't good for me. It wasn't good for, for Haley. And we were just kind of confused because she couldn't communicate with me very well. And I, I couldn't communicate at all. Um, and I, w- I would just, it would be nights, almost three or four nights in a row where I was just shaking. And ultimately, I think it, it boiled down to the impending trip that I had to take and, and not knowing if the car was going to make it back and having to go a fourth time out to Wyoming to, to pick it up. Uh, not a lot of sleep. Last week, I, I worked a ton and I'm not complaining. I love that I have a job. I mean, there's there's so many things to be grateful for, but it was just long, grueling days. And um, so the, the stress of that combined with the, the trip and uh, lack of sleep, ultimately, I think it was just the exhaustion that got me. And I've caught up on some sleep. And you can kind of hear, like, my voice is, is going. It's a really weird thing that happens over uh, that happened over the last week. Um, but I've just been battling this, this, this uh, I don't know, this stress. And so I think it's affecting my voice as well. Um, so I, I didn't know how to do to cope with it. And I think what ultimately helped me out, and the key word, the, the, the phrase that pays here is ultimately, I think I've counted myself say that six times in the last 10 minutes. So if you make a drinking game out of saying ultimately, uh, you're probably going to be drunk in the next two minutes. But uh, I, I thought that I would do something a little different and uh, read through some helpful tips on how to curb panic attacks. Number one, use deep breathing. While hyperventilating is a symptom of panic attacks that can increase fear, deep breathing can reduce symptoms of panic during an attack. If you're able to control your breathing, you're less likely to experience the hyperventilating hyperventilating that can make other symptoms and the panic itself worse. Focus on deep breaths in and out through your mouth, feeling the air flow slowly, fill your chest suddenly leave them again. Breathe in for a count of four, hold for a second, and then breathe out for a count of four. (sighs) Recognize that you're having a panic attack. By recognizing that you're having a panic attack instead of a heart attack, you can remind yourself that this is temporary. It will pass, and that you're okay. Take away the fear that you may be dying or that impending doom is looming both symptoms of panic attacks. This can allow you to focus on the other techniques to reduce your symptoms. Number three. Close your eyes. Some panic attacks come from triggers that overwhelm you. If you're in a fast-paced environment with a lot of stimuli, this can feed your panic attack. To reduce the stimuli, close your eyes during your panic attack. This can block out any extra stimuli and make it easier to focus on your breathing. Stimuli. Number four. Practice mindfulness. Mindfulness can bring ground you, can help 
of what's around you. Since panic attacks can cause a feeling of detachment or separation from reality, this can combat your panic attack as it's approaching your actually happening. Hold on, I lost my place. Focus on the physical sensations you are familiar with, like digging your feet into the ground or feeling the texture of your jeans on your hands. Then specific sensations ground you firmly in reality and give you something objective to focus on. Number five. Find a focus object. Some people find it helpful to find a single object to focus all of their attention on during a panic attack. Pick one object in clear sight and consciously note everything about it possible. For example, you may notice how the hand on the clock jerks when it ticks and that it's slightly lopsided. Describe the patterns, colors, shapes, and size of the object to yourself. Focus all of your energy on this object, and your panic symptoms may subside. Number six! Use muscle relaxation techniques. Much like deep breathing, muscle relaxation techniques can also stop your panic attack in its tracks by controlling your body's response as much as possible. Consciously relax one muscle at a time, starting with something simple like the fingers in your hand, and move your way up through your body. Muscle relaxation techniques will be most effective when you've practiced them beforehand. Number seven! Picture your happy place. What's the most relaxing place in the world that you can think of? A sunny beach with gently rolling waves? A cabin in the mountains? Picture yourself there and try to focus on the details as much as possible. Imagine digging your toes into the warm sand or smelling the sharp scent of pine trees. This place should be quiet, calm, and relaxing. No streets of New York or Hong Kong, no matter how much you love the cities in real life. Probably don't want to go to those cities because they're hotspots. Number eight. Engage in light exercise. Endorphins keep the blood pumping let the music come back. There we go. It can help flood your body with endorphins, which can improve our mood. Because you're stressed, choose light exercises that's gentle on the body, like walking or swimming. The exception to this is if you're hyperventilating or struggling to breathe, do what you can to catch your last, your breath first. Keep lavender on hand. Oh wait, sorry, that's number nine! Lavender is known for being soothing and stress relieving. It can help your body relax. If you know you're prone to panic attacks, keep some lavender essential oil on hand and put some on your forearms when you experience a panic attack. Breathe in the scent. You can also try drinking lavender or chamomile tea. Both are relaxing and soothing. Be careful, they're hot. Lavender should not be combined with benzodiazepines. Diazepines? Bio-benzodiazepines. That's a big word. How about benzos? Street name. This combination can cause intense drowsiness. Number 10! 
repeating a mantra internally. Oops. Lost my place again. Repeating a mantra internally can be relaxing and reassuring, and it can give you something to grasp onto during a panic attack. Whether it's simply, this too shall pass, or a mantra that speaks to you personally, repeat it on loop in your head until you feel the panic attack start to subside. Number 11, last one, I promise. Tank benzos or benzodiazepines. Benzodiazepines may help treat panic attacks if you take one as soon as you feel an attack coming on. While other approaches to the treatment of panic may be preferential, the field of psychiatry is acknowledged that there is a handful of people who will neither respond fully or at all, in some cases, to the order approach listed in above, and as, a put, and as such, will be dependent on pharmacological approaches to therapy. So ask your doctor. Because benzodiazepines are a prescription medication, you'll likely need a panic disorder diagnosis in order to have the medication on hand. So don't go to WebMD and diagnose yourself. I buy the drugs from Canada. This medication can be highly addictive, and the body can adjust to it over time. It should only be used sparingly, and in cases of extreme need. Well, I hope that helped. I don't know why, why, why. I just, I, I thought that that would be helpful. I, it helped me. It relaxed me to, to read all that. So maybe I should just read this site again if I ever have a panic attack. But I'm, I'm happy to say that it, I'm, I'm panic-free, anxiety-free for the last couple of days. So bonus, I think by the time we got home from our trip, it was easy to separate all of that and get some rest. And I actually slept on the road, which was unheard of. I usually never sleep on road trips. So, so it's, uh, it's good. And I'm, and I'm happy that I can express this in a safe space with all you people, because I don't know who else I, I could talk to, I guess my uh, counselor, but you know, that takes work. I got to get on the phone and, and call them. I could just sit here at work and and talk to you people and, and, and figure this out. Again, I'm rambling. I don't know what my point is here, um, but I do want to say uh, thank you for all of the positive response for last week's episode. I'm, I'm probably going to plagiarize comedians again at some point, but I'm, I'm going to have to spread it out. I can't do that every week. I can't do that every month. Um, but I will be playing a clip here in a second because there was somebody uh, who needed to know. Oops. Whoops. Uh, somebody had a pretty good reaction from from last week. So um, I'll be doing the comedian thing again. And I'm actually going to be seeing uh, my personal trainer, Titus, uh, my ex-personal trainer. I haven't gone to him in months, and it shows. I've lost weight since uh, I stopped working out. It's, I don't know if it's been stress or just the weird timing or COVID or all of it. Um, I've just I've lost some of my mass. So I'm actually going to be meeting up with my personal trainer Titus and see if we can work something out so that uh, you get feeling better because that also helps with anxiety as you as you heard light exercise but um, I need to get some uh, heavier exercise in some more cardio if you will and uh, so I'm, I'm hopefully going to have him on as well because uh, he's actually been busy he's actually been working and a lot of gyms are shut down so there's still personal trainers out there doing their thing and and if you're in the search for one I can absolutely hook you up with Titus. If you're in the Sacramento, Roseville area, uh, definitely a guy you want to look up. Uh, but to close out today, I've got a couple of comedians that I want to uh, play. Even though I just said I'm not going to plagiarize comedians again, here I go. Uh, but this is, this is, there's one that I missed last week that I really needed to play that got a lot of, uh, you know, 
people were like, what? You, you forgot this guy? Well, yeah, of course. I, I forgot this guy because my memory sucks. Um, but there's always today, and here we go. This is gonna this is gonna make up for it. But before I get to that, Jenny wrote in and said, "You did such a great job on the broadcasts. I saved them until Saturday and listened to them while I try to disconnect from the world uh, for the weekend. Thank you for the hard work. It's worth it. I just finished the one from last week that had the different comedians. Loved it. My question is, who is the female comedian towards the end? She was the one ripping on hipsters during her segment. She really made me laugh, and I was thinking about looking up more of her stuff. Thank you again." Jenny, that would actually be Natasha Lajaro, and she's very, very funny. She she's one of those comedians that has this appearance like she's just going to be like this, you know, hot bimbo type, but she's actually really intelligent and a poignant uh, observer. And I think that uh, I I can see what you like in her. So I'll play that say that bit that you were referencing there, where she's talking about uh, hipsters and Burning Man. Do you guys know what Burning Man is? It's a great place to go breastfeed your pet ferret. Um, and he really wants me to go. I mean, if I wanted to be a part of a dysfunctional community of white people in the desert, I'd move to Arizona. There's no showers. I need two baths a day. I know there's a drought happening. Maybe my two baths will mean people in Barstow don't get bagels, but you know what? Something I have learned to deal with. My friends will like, my friends will go to Burning Man. They're like, I go there to meet dudes. Okay, if I wanted to have sex with some creepy dude in goggles, I'd stay home and fuck a welder. <laughs> At least then I wouldn't have to listen to didgeridoo solos in between orgasms. <laughs> like these, I'm sorry if anyone here is really into Burning Man, but just like, I've never been. I've never been and I hate it, but like. <laughs> You see these people talking, like I heard this guy bragging. He was like, he goes to Burning Man every year. He's like, yeah, my kid doesn't have a birth. Oh, cause they're all, this is what I have to say. They're all obsessed with being off the grid. You know, like they don't want to be a part of like society. So I heard this guy bragging. He's like, yeah, my kid doesn't have a birth certificate or a social security number. I'm like, oh really? Well, I wonder who in 50 years is going to be doing yard work for middle-class Latino families. <laughs> Your child. There you go, Jenny. That's Natasha Legaro. It's not spelled the way that it sounds. L-E-G-G-E-R-O. Definitely check out her specials. Um, and the last comedian I have here is uh, is a classic. And I honestly, I don't know what I was thinking when I didn't include this, especially this bit. Um, it's uh, George Carlin. And he has this segment on uh, germs and the immune system. And I feel like it's it's uh, it's it's pretty it's close to home, especially these days. It's just one more way of reducing your liberty and reminding you that they can fuck with you anytime they want, as long as you put up with it. As long as you put up with it, which means, of course, anytime they want, because that's what Americans do now. They're always willing to trade away a little of their freedom in exchange for the feeling, the illusion of security. What we have now is a completely neurotic population obsessed with security and safety and crime and drugs and cleanliness and hygiene and germs. There's another thing, germs. 
Where did this sudden fear of germs come from in this country? Have you noticed this? The media constantly running stories about all the latest infections, salmonella, E. coli, hantavirus, bird flu, and, and Americans, are they panic easily, so now everybody's running around scrubbing this and spraying that and overcooking their food and repeatedly washing their hands, trying to avoid all contact with germs. It's ridiculous, and it goes to ridiculous lengths. In prisons, before they give you a lethal injection, they swab your arm with alcohol. It's true. It's true. It's true. Well, well, they don't want you to get an infection. And you can see their point. Wouldn't want some guy to go to hell and be sick. It would take a lot of the sportsmanship out of the whole execution. Fear of germs, why these fucking pussies? You can't even get a decent hamburger anymore. They cook the shit out of everything now because everybody's afraid of food poisoning. Hey, where's your sense of adventure? Take a fucking chance, will you? You know how many people die in this country from food poisoning every year? 9,000, that's all. It's a minor risk. <laughs> Take a fucking chance, bunch of goddamn pussies. Besides, what do you think you have an immune system for? It's for killing germs. But it needs practice. It needs germs to practice on. So, so listen. So listen. If you kill all the germs around you and live a completely sterile life, then when germs do come along, you're not going to be prepared. And never mind ordinary germs. What are you going to do when some super virus comes along that turns your vital organs into liquid shit? I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to get sick, you're going to die, and you're going to deserve it because you're fucking weak and you got a fucking weak immune system. Now, Let me tell you a true story about immunization, okay? When I was a little boy in New York City in the 1940s, we swam in the Hudson River, and it was filled with raw sewage, okay? We swam in raw sewage, you know, to cool off. And at that time, the big fear was polio. Thousands of kids died from polio every year. But you know something? In my neighborhood, no one ever got polio. No one, ever. You know why? Because we swam in raw sewage. It strengthened our immune systems. The polio never had a prayer. We were tempered in raw shit. So, so personally, I never take any special precautions against germs. I don't shy away from people who sneeze and cough. I don't wipe off the telephone. I don't cover the toilet seat. And if I drop food on the floor, I pick it up and eat it. I eat it. Yes, I do. Even if I'm at a sidewalk cafe in Calcutta, the poor section, on New Year's morning during a soccer riot. And you know something, in spite of all that so-called risky behavior, I never get infections. I don't get them. I don't get colds, I don't get flu, I don't get headaches, I don't get upset stomachs. And I, you know why? Because I got a good, strong immune system and it gets a lot of practice. My immune system is equipped with the biological equivalent of fully automatic military assault rifles with night vision and laser scopes. And we have recently acquired phosphorus grenades, cluster bombs, and anti-personnel fragmentation mines. 
So, when my white blood cells are on patrol, reconnoitering my bloodstream, seeking out strangers and other undesirables, if they see any, any suspicious-looking germs of any kind, they don't fuck around. <laughs> they whip out the waxen weapons, they wax the motherfucker, and deposit the unlucky fellow directly into my colon. <laughs> Into my colon. There's no nonsense. There's no Miranda warning. There's none of that three strikes and you're out shit. First defense, bam, into the colon you go. And speaking of my colon, I want you to know I don't automatically wash my hands every time I go to the bathroom, okay? Can you deal with that? Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. You know when I wash my hands? When I shit on them. That's the only time. That's the o And you know how often that happens? Tops, tops, two, three times a week, tops, tops. Maybe a little more frequently over the holidays, you know what I mean? And I'll tell you something else, my well-scrubbed friends. You don't always need a shower every day. Did you know that? It's overkill. Unless you work out or work outdoors or for some reason come in intimate contact with huge amounts of filth and garbage every day, you don't always need a shower. All you really need to do is to wash the four key areas. Armpits, asshole, crotch, and teeth. Got that? Armpits, asshole, crotch, and teeth. In fact, you can save yourself a whole lot of time if you simply use the same brush on all four areas. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, if only George Carlin were alive today. And if he were, he'd be at high risk. I wonder what he would say about that. Do you think he would just live about his life, or do you think he would quarantine himself? I'd... I don't know. I'm not going to speculate, but he's in a better place now. I know that much. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for me this week. Thank you again for tuning in. And uh, we got uh, we got some fun stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. So hopefully these, uh, this spirit investigation is going to pull through. Really hoping for that. And uh, I've got a couple of other guests um, lined up that uh, I'm currently in the works with talking with, a future podcaster, somebody uh, who's also got some uh, spiritual... Uh, ties that uh, is a part of a large group that's all around the country that uh, wants to spread the good word of of uh, peace and, and goodwill towards everybody and you know there's there's this whole movement happening right now and I think a big awakening is happening spiritually and it's going to make uh, the world a much better place once it comes back to whatever the new normal is um, but I have a lot of faith in the future and these people and I'm looking forward to sharing them with you um, and also I still have to send out all those details for uh, the the next. Uh, collaboration with the prodheads. I do have all that stuff worked out. Now that I've got my car back, I can get back to normal life as as uh, normal as it can be. Uh, so I'm going to catch up on that and get everybody in line and then in track to record Over the Rainbow and Don't Bring Me Down are the two songs that we're going to be doing in the next round. So until then, talk to you next week. Namaste, bitches. The Rad 